0: our podcast breathe in right out a podcast for high school college and university students about making the most out of academic life
1: we touch on study
0: skills student life career transition overall well-being personal development and other topics that impact young adults at the end of each podcast we send our listeners off with a short guided meditation and writing prompt We hope that through these discussions, meditations, and writing exercises, we can build an open, caring, compassionate community that supports personal growth. I'm Lisa Pfau, the founder and CEO of Pfau Academic Writing, where we focus on teaching young adults the communication skills necessary to reach their full potential on the page and in life. Get into a cozy spot, grab your pen and notebooks, and let's meet our first guest.
2: This week's episode is about how to successfully appeal a grade. Sometimes, students work really hard on an assignment, but they do not get the grade they're expecting. This is usually because of a misunderstanding between the marker and student. In these cases, it is often helpful to meet with your TA or professor to discuss the grading. These discussions are more challenging during COVID-19 because of social distancing. However, it is possible with strategies to successfully negotiate a better grade. This week, we're changing things up. I will be interviewing Lisa Fao, the founder and CEO of Fao Academic Writing. As you may know, Lisa has over 20 years of experience helping students with essay writing, application support, and career development. Let me introduce myself. My name is Jingyi Miao the creative and marketing assistant at Val academic writing. I first met Lisa three years ago as a first year international student at the University of Toronto. Lisa has helped me with the transition from high school to university, especially understanding the best way to talk to professors and TAs about assignments and grades. Welcome to our podcast, Breathing Right Out. Lisa.
0: Hi. Thanks, Jane. It's fun to be interviewed and not the interviewer.
2: Yeah, that's new. Um, so Lisa, um, I know that you are familiar with the uh, grade appeal process. Could you share with our listeners in what kinds of situations would you recommend students to appeal their grade? Mm, that's, a,
0: that's a tricky question. Um, so I think I think it, it kind of depends on how you feel about the assignment or exam. Um, Were you did you feel like you put a lot of effort in it into it? Do you feel like you prepared? Well, do you feel like you took the time to read through the question and talk to the TA and talk to the professor? And then when you receive this grade, is it like a huge surprise? Like say you thought you did a good job, you're expecting like 80 or 90, and all of a sudden you get 60. That like is a huge shock to the system, then I think it's worth going to talk to the professor or TA. But on the other side, if you, you kind of know, maybe I didn't, you didn't do as good a job as you usually would. And you normally get 80. But in this case, you get 70. But you're kind of aware that you might have made some mistakes. I I don't think it's worth appealing your grade. So like, and you have to also look at the comments from the professor or the TA. Um, so even if you were in the situation where you thought you did a good job, and if you look at the comments and you realize, oh, I totally misunderstood something and I did something wrong, um, then, you know, you shouldn't appeal your grade. So it's really when, when what you thought was going to happen is very different than what actually happened.
2: So it sounds to me like uh, before appealing uh, your grade or start the grade appeal process, your uh, students are recommended to evaluate their uh, the effort that they put in. Yes. So I actually do not have a lot of experience with uh, grade appeal because I have such a great tutor, <laughs> Lisa. Um, could you please provide us with an overview of the grade appeal process?
0: Sure. So first of all, um, it's actually a very elaborate process. It's kind of similar to like going through the court system, if you had a complaint. Um, So I think you want to avoid that unless you really feel seriously treated, like you were treated very unfairly. Maybe you feel that the professor TA um, has a bias against you, has expressed some dislike of you and you feel like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm being mistreated, or something happened, like they lost your exam paper, or they lost your essay, and you know, you completed it, you were there, you handed it in, you received a zero. In that case, you're probably going to go through the whole formal process. But really, the first step and the best step, and the one that's most common is to go and speak directly to your TA or your professor about the grade, first of all. Now, if you're going in, and you are sure you want them to regrade it, um, you want to be careful, because you can potentially have your grade changed in either direction, up or down. So I I think the best way the first step is to actually just go talk to them about the assignment or the the exam and find out what did you do wrong. You know, why are they giving you this grade and then decide, is it worth appealing. So if you think, nope, you know, I I very much disagree with this grade I got, then you go to the marker probably first the TA and say I would like you to regrade this and here's why you need some reasons why you need to point out where you think they made a mistake. Usually you would write it up, and they would regrade it. And if again, so then say they give you a grade back and you still don't agree, then you go to the next level the professor, and they would regrade it. And normally, and then their grade would count more than the TA. So if the professor regrades it, and they actually lower your grade, that's your new grade. So say you're in a situation where you know, you don't you believe the TA or the professor are treating you unfairly. And even if you go to get your assignment or exam regraded, it's not going to be fair. Then what you do is you would appeal to the department, you probably go see your undergraduate advisor in your department or something and talk to them. And find out what is their process for this, sometimes they have a process at the department level, but usually you go up to the Faculty of Arts level. And then, if you're in arts and then it's a more formal process where you're going to have to fill out some forms, you need copies of your material. If you've been sick or something and that's part of your appeal, you need that documentation, you need to fill out a form explaining why you think this grade is unfair, where did they make a mistake, you know what the problem is. And then the faculty would then assign you a grade and this is why it takes a long time. Now, if you go through that and you still disagree and, and normally this is for people who say like they lost the, someone lost their exam probably those people are going to go all the way to the top. So you go through that, and you know, they um, say, sorry, you still get a zero, then you go all the way to the University Senate. So that would be similar to like the Supreme Court of Canada or whatever. And you do again, a formal appeal. And usually in these cases, you actually appear before the Senate, and give some sort of statement. Senate will vote on whether or not your grade should stay the same or be appealed. And then that is the absolute last final decision. So it's in a, a very elaborate process. And as I said, to go up to the faculty level and the Senate level, that's usually in cases where you've received a zero. Um, perhaps uh, people, someone, said, you know, we believe you plagiarized something or something like, like an actual academic offense, where they lowered your grade that's very serious to your, you know, academic future. Um, Not like, oh, I want an extra 5%. Like you wouldn't go to that extent just for like 5%. You go to that extent for like, what you thought is a serious gap in what you think you deserve for that assignment exam or like even the course you can also appeal a course grade
2: I see thank you for providing us with the overview Um, I know that you mentioned that uh, there are different types of uh, schoolwork Uh, there are essay assignments and then also exams i understand that for essay assignments normally you'll be given a topic or research question to make your arguments with evidence from scholars on the other hand exams have prepared standard answers to each question is there a difference in the appeal process between the two
0: yeah so you know i actually just looked this up and anyone who's listening if i'm wrong you can correct me But I believe the general process is the same. So there's, there's no difference in the process of you would go to your, the person who marked it, your, your professor, whether you are appealing an exam grade, an assignment grade, or even the course grade, you first would go to them and talk to them and have some sort of written documentation, probably just an email. See what they say and then and, and it's the same thing and then after that if you don't agree and and I just realized I actually did this in undergrad because I had a drama teacher with a grade of like C minus and you, and you had to take drama it was a required we had to take a fine arts credit so it was required for my degree and it was a full year course and that it was in my fourth year so it really affected my GPA. So I actually appealed that, um, tried to appeal it because his reason for giving, I went to talk to him. He said, the reason I gave you that grade is that you don't have any spark. I don't believe you'll be a good actor. What the heck? It's just a <laughs> first year <laughs> drama. So I actually appealed that to the department and like, I didn't succeed. They said, you know, we have a lot of faith in this professor. That's how drama is. And then I just sort of let it go. So, you know, in that case I felt this professor like doesn't like me. He's making snap judgments. And I went to the next level, of the department. And that was a whole co- that was for the course grade, right? Not just an assignment. And then after that is the the really like serious, like faculty and then and then department. So it's the same for everything. The same process. It's just you would probably change your documentation, like for the course, you would have to show like how they graded all these different assignments. Did they make comments to you that were are gonna like you have more documentation as opposed to like a single assignment. And the problem with exams is that the exams are often held. So now because of cheating, I mean, back in the day, when I was in university, you would get your exam booklet back with comments as to why you got that grade. But now usually they hold the exam booklets like in some sort of exam bank and you have to go and make a physical request to view your exam. And someone usually is present because they don't want you like taking pictures or whatever. And then you have to look at that and then go to speak to the person who marked it and like, that's the difference. The assignment, you get it back with comments, but the exam, you have to like go through some extra steps to actually see why you got a certain grade before you can even start appealing it. Does that make sense?
1: Um.
2: Yes, it does. Uh, so Recently, I actually also had an um, experience with grade appeal, and it is a little bit different uh, because the assignment that I appealed uh, the grade on um, uh, is a group assignment. So for, for one of my courses, um, we have a group assignment that's designed uh, to be completed by five uh, students. Uh, however, um, because of the COVID-19 we're unable, the group members are unable to uh, meet with each other. So uh, what happened is that um, only uh, myself and another person from the group, we did all the work and the other group members uh, sort of just, um, just uh, didn't want to participate, didn't reply to any of our messages. So, however, this uh, assignment is designed for five students so the work and the effort of two students of course uh, does not necessarily meet their expectation of uh, the resort so we uh, at the end we got a pretty low grade for that assignment um, after discussing with the other student who complete uh, the assignment with me we decide that it is unfair uh, that we are being graded um, as if it was completed by five students. So we uh, emailed our TA, and uh, we also uh, talked with our professor during um, office hour. And so uh, at the end, the TA and the professor were very understanding, and uh, they decided that they will change the grading criteria uh, for our group, because um, it is uh, the work completed by two students only. So yeah, that was uh, my experience with uh, grade appeal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's it is that most grade appeals are resolved between the student and the TA or the student and the professor. It's very rare that that students go through the more formal process. So, like, I would encourage you to go talk to your TA or your professor if you don't understand why you got a certain grade or you think there's some sort of issue that they're not aware of, like, in the case of your project.
2: Yes, um, I agree. Um, so, uh... okay. Since uh like you mentioned grade appeal will uh, in the grade appeal process you'll be communicating with your professors or TAs a lot. What tips would you give students before they talk to professors about their grades?
0: Um so I sort of alluded to this in the first question when I said I encourage you to go and talk to your TA or your professor about why you received a certain grade, rather than, I think I deserve a higher grade. So there's a couple reasons for that. To the reason, so I'm basically encouraging you to approach with a mindset of trying to learn more about the situation. Did you make a mistake? Did you not understand the grading process before you go in and say, this is not fair. And the reason for that is um, twofold. One, if you go in and you say, this is not fair, I want you to regrade it. And in fact, you have made a mistake, but you're not aware of it and the marker originally missed that mistake in the first grading, potentially you will actually receive a lower grade and that would be your final grade. So if you have say 78, they regrade it and they say, actually you're probably more like a 73, that's it. They they aren't going to regrade it unless you go up another level. So that's why I think it's best to really make sure you understand how they're evaluating it before you say, "I want you to regrade this." Um, another reason is, you know, having being a TA myself, and TAs are human. Um, if you want to request someone to regrade something, you want to be sure that you take the time to understand their perspective you take the time to really review the assignment and make notes of where you think there was a misunderstanding or the exam and to go in with a reason why you would like this to be regraded. Now, how does that help you? First of all, you're not being annoying. So there's a lot of students that come in like, oh, in high school, I got A's and now I'm getting 75. Like, this is not fair. Boo, hoo, 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 hoo. Well, that's like a normal part of going from high school to university. And I, I don't want to speak for all TAs, but I think based on my own experience and, you know, having graduate school colleagues and whatnot, that is annoying <laughs> to TAs. And since TAs are human, they're already going to think, hmm, I don't really want to help this person. Right? We're all human. So kind of go in with a a learning attitude. it will be received better. Also, if you can point out where the TA or the professor made a mistake, it saves them time. They can better understand what you meant to, to do or say. And then they're more likely to actually consider, oh, you know what, maybe I did make a mistake. And maybe this should be a little bit higher grade. It's because it kind of shows that you're prepared and you took the time to actually do the assignment and think through it. And it kind of goes back to like, you know, this is not just someone who is trying to get straight A's. This is someone who wants to understand what happened and... You know, it's beneficial for the grader too if they did miss something. So I think like going in there with a, a mindset of trying to improve helps a lot. And I guess I already mentioned this, but you know, as I said, reviewing the document and actually, or exam or whatever, actually making note of where you think there's a discrepancy because that will make the regrading process like more efficient and fast. And if you do decide you wanna appeal it further, you're creating a paper trail. And I think like the third thing is related to this paper trail point is to, you know, communicate in writing as much as possible. So, you know, request the regrading or the meeting in email, um, follow up with it, with an email, especially if you're you, you felt like it didn't go well, and you think you might go appeal higher level, you want to um, create a trail of evidence. So if you believe that you've been treated unfairly, you can actually prove it because it's eventually going to be your word against someone who has a lot more experience than you. So that's just a good idea. To answer the question.
2: I started yeah. talking and forgot actually what the question was. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I agree. Yes. Yeah, so it is best to uh be prepared. I know that you mentioned that uh your grade can actually be lower yeah. after the uh regrade request. Um. It sounds like there's uh risks in appealing a grade. Are yeah. there any? your risk in appealing a grade?
0: I mean, I think that's probably the biggest risk. um, That they might well, that's not the biggest risk, but that's the most common risk is that they will actually end up lowering your grade. Um, Of course, there's also risks around the relationship you have with your instructor or your TA. Maybe it's someone you want to have a good relationship with. Maybe it's someone you hope in the future, you'd like to get a reference letter. So you don't want to, you know, make them think you're just there for grades, you know, but at the same time, if it's early, and this is especially if it's early in the course, right? You don't want to start um, eroding that relationship. So that's why I really think it's important to approach with this idea that I want to learn something And I want to understand what happened, as opposed to, you know, already going in there guns blazing and defensive, because you want to maintain those relationships. Now, when it comes to the more complicated situations, like someone has lost your paper, uh, an exam has been lost. um, Someone was telling me a situation where someone, a page out of an exam was missing Now, it sounds more like in this situation, the student was accused of plagiarism, like some sort of academic offense of like actually adding in an extra page or something. I don't know. It sounds like it was more about cheating. But, you know, that could be a situation where you want to appeal a grade as if you're accused of cheating and then you're failed and you believe you didn't cheat um the risk with that though and that's why it's really important to document everything to take notes to even when you're doing your assignments to take very detailed notes make multiple copies when you're studying all this stuff is if you get in this situation and you have no proof and again it's you against a expert a teacher a professor against a whole system in an institution you as a single person are saying, um, "No institution, you made a mistake. I did not cheat. I did not do this." That you have to, you have to have a lot of proof behind you. And if they decide, "No, sorry, you <clears throat> sorry, you did cheat," well, then you're going to face academic probation. You either will be kicked out permanently from the school. You definitely will receive a failing grade. Or in some cases, you'll be on suspension for a year, three years, depending on the offense. So that's what I mean. If you, in fact, did make a mistake and it's your fault, whether you accidentally didn't cite a quotation and that lowered your grade or I don't know what, um, you should admit your mistake and take the penalty rather than fight it because it will escalate um and also it's a good learning experience for you so you know don't don't just go in there all the time i deserve an a i deserve an a because in the end it can bite you in the ass if you're not actually if you don't actually deserve that if that makes sense
2: yes it does um I know that you mentioned that um, if uh, the students appeals uh, are rejected by a professor or a TA, they can appeal to a higher level, like the faculty or the senate. Could you elaborate uh, more on the process to appeal to this um, higher levels?
0: I think- For all educational institutions, whether it's high school, college, university, the first step is pretty much the same, go to the grader, bring your assignment or exam, get some feedback, see if they'll change your grade. Um, That is very informal. It's always good to document that process. The other steps as you go up, it really depends on where you're going to school. So the best thing to do is most university websites, if you do a quick search, and I just did that before this podcast, um, they will actually explain to you the process, like the different steps. So I was just looking like Ryerson is a little bit different than U of T. Um, Waterloo is a little bit different. So find out what the steps are in your, um, your educational institution. And really, uh, as I said, I think you just need to include more and more documentation as you go. So there's usually um, forms you have to fill out. So you need to check the website, make sure you have the correct forms. Um, They will often request specific things uh, related to your appeal. So if it's related to an illness, for example, you might need a doctor's note. Um, if it's related to, I don't know what's called a compassionate exception, you need someone to write you a letter about your special your special needs. So it'll tell you specifically what supporting documents you need. And another thing you need to be aware of is deadlines. So you can't appeal a grade, say, from like three years ago you you have to do these things within a certain time period. And you also can't like skip in line. So you can't go like from the professor to the Senate. You have to go through each stage and you have to go through each stage before you meet a certain deadline. So you only have so much time to go from like professor to faculty or professor maybe to department, department to faculty, faculty to senate. There's only a certain time period and you would need to check those deadlines on the website of your school. Uh, you also could go talk to your undergraduate advisor if you have one for your faculty, if you have one for your department. They would know specifically the situation for your school, and they're going to, it's their job to be on your side. Um, It's not their job to be on the professor's side. They're neutral, so they'll give you the appropriate information. And you also could go to the registrar's office. So I guess if you were in high school, you would probably talk to your guidance counselor and they would know more about how to help you with some of these things, or in some cases, maybe the vice principal or the principal. Again, it depends on how your school is organized. So really familiarizing yourself with that process. But once you get to the top of whatever that process is, there's no more chance to appeal. That's it. That's the final, the final decision. And I guess something I I know you mentioned, you asked me about risks, and I just thought of this as I was explaining this. Something else to think about is that this is a very time-consuming process. And and so again. I would recommend you know don't think oh i'm going to go all the way to the Senate with my like 5% because i'm an A plus student like and i'm sure most people are not going to do that. Um, Really you only do that for really serious issues. Where it's going to affect your academic future like hugely. So I don't know I feel like did that clarify things.
2: Uh, Yes definitely. It sounds like in order to do this successfully students need to have strong communication and organizational skills which are important skills in general. What resources would you recommend to help students to improve these skills?
0: Right so okay so I'll just reiterate again that in terms of the grade appeal process familiarize yourself with the process in your specific school and um speak to people whose job in the school is to help students like guidance counselors academic advisors the registrar's office this kind of stuff so those are the resources for the grade appeal process for general kind of i mean there's tons of things for um communication and organizational skills for organizational skills i think technology is your friend. Uh, There's a bunch of of apps that I use that I think are really good. So I use um, this isn't really organization, but I use a communication app called slack for my staff. And it helps me to stay organized, because I guess all my staff are there and I have them separated into different groups. So If I have an editing project, I send it just to my editor's chat or I can message someone specifically and this is all like work stuff and it's like saved there. So you can use apps to help you depending on like what you're trying to do. Another app that's really helpful is Trello. So that's a project management app. And if for example you are doing a long grade appeal process and you need to gather a lot of information and you need to keep track of deadlines and checklists that app can help you. I also love Google. I use all, I use Google Calendar, that's really important, Google Docs to save things. Um you could you could even use modified Google Classroom to use for a, a major project like A Great Appeal. So there's there's tons of, of apps on the internet. In terms of um, communication, I was just looking through my bookshelf and I thought, you know, I've recommended so many books from this bookshelf, what can I use? So today I chose the book called Presence by Amy Cuddy. She also has a TED Talk, so you can look her up, Amy Cuddy, and um, I think the Ted talk is called something like faking it Till you make it. And I mean, this book, it is not really on communication. I mean, it's sort of on communication, but not really what, what it is about is um, how to bring your boldest self to challenging situations. And it's kind of about the physiology of your body when you're stressed, and how to boost the chemicals and hormones that help you to go to make it through stressful situations. So this might be helpful, for example, if you're meeting with the professor and you're very nervous, There are there's even like these things called power poses you can do before the meeting. And so I think this is kind of a cool book because for students, you can often feel um, intimidated and this kind of explains the psychology behind that. So not so much communication, but, um, kind of understanding the psychology and the physiology behind stressful situations. And like, for example, you know, why you blank out when you're stressed it has to do with chemicals in your body, um, actually blocking a part of your brain from functioning because normally you don't need it when you're stressed. So it's a really interesting book. And I mean, something you can do if you're struggling with communication is uh, sign up for one of our workshops, sign up for one of our classes, send me a message, give me a call, do do some professional coaching, not only in like, you know, essay writing or applications, but just overall communicating better and, uh, How to deal with different people, how to communicate in different ways more effectively. So, I would say we have a lot of resources. Hey, Jane.
2: (laughs) Yes. Thank you for sharing all these resources uh, with our listeners. We'll be listing all these resources um, on our podcast posts. Thank you again for being on our podcast today, Lisa.
0: You're welcome.
2: Good job. Thank you. You can find out more about both of us on, on our website, www.fau.ca. Foul is spelled P-F-A-U. Stay tuned for a short meditation and writing exercise.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast on Great Appeals. I think Jane did a really great job. That was her first time as being an interviewer. and. Um, She did pretty well. So just like I mentioned in the podcast, I want to do a writing prompt uh, that is inspired by this book. And as you can see, it's well-worn. Not that I read it this many times, but it was in my backpack. So Presence by Amy Cuddy. Um, I really like this book. I think it changed a lot of how I feel, or I would kind of criticize myself, when I would get nervous, when talking to people or important meetings or presentations, it really helped me to understand that a lot of it is physiological. And there are certain things you can do like deep breathing, or those like power poses where you put your hands on your hips, like Wonder Woman, to help you to, you know, actually get your body ready for this situation where you're going to feel nervous and scared, just kind of like, calm it down and change the chemical imbalance. And I can attest that it does work. So for this week, let us do a writing prompt on that. So actually, what I want you to do is uh, you can set a timer for let's say five minutes. And I want you to actually remember or reflect on a situation where you were scared you were anxious you were going to have to have a difficult conversation uh with someone you're afraid of getting into a conflict and you know how did it make you feel I want you to take five minutes just to 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 like note that down what were you afraid of Um, did you, do you remember anything happening in your body? Like, was your heart beating fast, all these kinds of things. So just set a timer. You can pause the podcast and try do that for five minutes. And then once you're finished that, um, I want you to imagine that conversation that you were scared of going really well i want you to imagine it being successful i want you to imagine getting the outcome that you were hoping for and i want you again to set the timer for five minutes and just write that reflect on that write down how this could have gone write down how you want things to go write down you know um, positive things about yourself? What skills do you have that will help you to succeed in this conversation? How are you going to feel at the end of it? So really note these things down, give yourself five minutes. And so the, the whole point of these two exercises is to help you to adjust your mindset. And even when you're writing, these two different situations, you probably can feel in your body that you feel differently. And so as a technique, something you can do is before you have a really scary conversation or situation or presentation that you're going to have to deal with, is to actually take out your journal and write down the positive outcome. Not only visualize the positive outcome, but write it down. And that can really help to adjust how you feel and how you think about a scary situation. So I really hope that um, our podcast helped you out today. I'm sorry if any of you are having to appeal your grades, but you know, it's part of the process sometimes. And I wish you all the best. I hope that what we discussed helps you out. If you have any comments or questions, I would love to hear from you. As usual, you can find out more about us on our website at fow.ca, and Fow is spelled P is in Peter, F is in Frank, A-U, or follow us on social media at fow_academicwriting. underscore academic writing. We look forward to helping you reach your full potential on the page and in life today. Take care.
1: During this breathing meditation, you will focus on your breath. This will calm your mind and relax your body. There is no right or wrong way to meditate. Whatever you experience during breathing meditation is right for you. Don't try to make anything happen, just observe. Begin by finding a comfortable position, but one in which you will not fall asleep. Sitting on the floor with your legs crossed is a good position to try. Close your eyes or focus on one spot in the room. Roll your shoulders slowly forward and then slowly back. Lean your head from side to side, lowering your left ear towards your left shoulder and then your right ear toward your right shoulder. Relax your muscles your body will continue to relax as you meditate. Observe your breathing. Notice how your breath flows in and out. Make no effort to change your breathing in any way. Simply notice how your body breathes. Your body knows how much air it needs. Sit quietly, seeing in your mind's eye, your breath flowing gently in and out of your body. When your attention wanders, as it will, just focus back again on your breathing. Notice any stray thoughts, but don't dwell on them. Simply let the thoughts pass. See how your breath continues to flow, deeply, calmly. Notice the stages of a complete breath. From the in-breath, to the pause that follows, the exhale, and the pause before taking another breath. See the slight breaks between each breath. Feel the air entering through your nose. Picture the breath flowing through the cavities in your sinuses and then down to your lungs. As thoughts intrude, allow them to pass and return your attention to your breathing. See the air inside your body after you inhale, filling your body gently. Notice how the space inside your lungs becomes smaller after you exhale and the air leaves your body. Feel your chest and stomach gently rise and fall with each breath now as you inhale count silently one as you exhale count one wait for the next breath and count again one exhale one inhale one exhale one continue to count each inhalation exhalation as one Notice how your body feels. See how calm and gentle your breathing is and how relaxed your body feels. Now it is time to gently reawaken your body and mind. Keeping your eyes closed, notice the sounds around you. Feel the floor beneath you. Feel the clothes against your body. Wiggle your fingers and toes. Shrug your shoulders. Open your eyes and remain sitting for a few moments longer straighten out your legs and stretch your arms and legs gently. Sit for a few moments more enjoying how relaxed you feel and experiencing your body reawaken and your mind returning to its usual level of alertness. Slowly return to standing position and continue with the rest of your day feeling re-energized.